0: Hey, what's going on? It's Nathan Resnick with Product Sourcing Stories, brought to you by Sourceify. Today we have one of my favorite founders that is really supporting e-commerce companies with their fulfillment and helping them, you know, really avoid duties and tariffs. We've got Bobby on from Baja Fulfillment. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Nathan, for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, man, I really appreciate you coming on. And you know, Baja fulfillment is one of those unique services that so many people need to hear about. And that's why I was so excited to have you on product sourcing stories today. So I guess I want to dive in just heads first, give us a rundown what makes Baja fulfillment unique from a traditional 3PL.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, Baja fulfillment uh, is in Mexico. Uh, that's one unique aspect. But the funny thing is, you can see I'm actually in the downtown area. I'm in downtown San Diego. Um, and our facility is in Tecate, which is about 30 minutes from where I live here in San Diego. So even though we are an international fulfillment company, um, or uh, or cross-border fulfillment, we are literally closer uh, it takes me you know, longer to get to Northern San Diego than it does to Tecate. So right. proximity for us is very close. Um, uh, we also have a facility on the San Diego side, about 70,000 square feet. But I think, uh, you know, the obvious is the, the savings on duties and tariffs, right? Like uh, from China and, uh, and from other countries, but China specifically, we help uh, e-commerce companies, direct-to-consumer uh, save on those duties and tariffs in a major, major way.
0: That's amazing. So a lot of people that are listening probably haven't even heard of section 321, which is, you know, kind of the uh, law that's been passed by Congress and, and has been around for, I think, you know, decades, at least 20 years, and it enables items that are shipped into America that are valued at under $800 to uh, bypass duties and tariffs. And so for, you know, any e-commerce company that is going in and, you know, importing products typically when their products land at the port of, you know, long beach or wherever it may be, they have to pay, you know, pretty hefty, uh, duty fees and tariff fees. So, you know, can I guess, walk us through the process when people work with Baja fulfillment, you know, walk us through, I guess the legal side of section three, two, one, and then also, um, you know, the fulfillment side of how do you actually get products to your warehouse and then how do you get them to, uh, you know, a, a customer's uh, door?
1: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Section 321 has been around for a long time. Um, it is, it only recently as of 2016 got raised. So it used to be a $200 de minimis value. So that was the maximum you could bring in. Uh, but now it's 800 And so $800, per person per day is allowed to be brought into the U.S. without having to to declare it and pay it a duty. Um, So typically a 3PL, let's say a domestic one, your own 3PL in the U.S., uh, if you're an e-commerce company and you bring a container from China, when that container hits the port in the U.S., you gotta pay duties at that time. Um, A truck picks that container up, brings it to your 3PL, they uh, receive that container, um, and then as your orders come in on a daily basis, they are picked and packed and sent out to your customers, direct consumer, pretty simple process. That's what's happening today for most people. Mm-hmm. For us, um, how we get around that and uh, avoid the duties and tariffs is you still keep the same supply chain, whether you have Sourceify taking care of your sourcing needs in China, uh, the supply chain on that side still stays the same. That container comes to the port in the U S to long beach, except now we don't clear customs now you don't actually clear at the port. We pick it up with our carrier and it's a, it's a bonded carrier. So your container is in bond taken through the U S into Mexico, um, underneath our Maquiladora license, which allows us to avoid the duties going into Mexico, brought to our facility, um, in Tecate and we receive your container, put them uh, in the racks and bins, just like you would a regular 3PL. And as your orders come in, we pick and pack those orders that day. Uh, we label them with the carrier for the U S carrier. Uh, and put them on a truck, bring them back across the border. But because it's now in individual packages or individual orders, it's below that threshold, that $800 threshold per order. And so when it goes back into the US, you are now underneath that de minimis value, and we drop directly off at the carriers USPS, UPS, FedEx, so on and so forth. So that's like the high level of how uh, the difference really is not much other than using a facility outside the U S
0: right. I mean, it's incredible. I think, you know, I think utilizing section three, two, one is honestly probably the, you know, uncovered or kind of hidden gem of of e-commerce, you know, so many brands that are paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in tariffs a year don't know about section three, two, one and don't know about the benefits. And so I think, you know, the, uh, options that are provided in the fulfillment that's provided through Baja fulfillment. I mean, it's pretty much the same experience from a customer perspective as if you were fulfilling your products from San Diego, you're just uh, you know, warehousing in Mexico and, and, you know, shipping from San Diego because the fulfillment companies of you know, the couriers of UPS, USPS, you know, you're dropping them off at locations in San Diego. So when it arrives at a customer's doorstep, it seems like it's shipped from San Diego. Right. Yes, the
1: the label on the the package says ship from San Diego. So any returns get also sent through San Diego.
0: Got it.
1: Uh, The customer experience, they have no, no, like, there's no change to them. And
0: we do that's amazing.
1: We do same day SLA as well. So our packages uh, are sent out the same day. So there really is no disruption to you or your brand.
0: Wow. That's amazing. What is that, that cutoff time? I'm curious. Let's say a order comes in at, you know, 5 PM Pacific. I would assume it goes out the next morning. You know, is there kind of a, a cutoff time that you guys work with? Yeah, we, uh, we aim obviously to try to get it as late as possible that day, but uh,
1: we, uh, we do a 1 PM Eastern cutoff for that same day ship. So not same day pick and pack, but actually drop right. the carrier that day.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible. So what, what kind of products do you know, you typically like to work with?
1: Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, some companies can save hundreds of thousands a year in duties and tariffs. Uh, we, we actually have been able to save millions of dollars for some companies, you know? And wow. so um, it, it, is, it is the one thing you can do in your supply chain that will make a massive, massive hit to your bottom line. Uh, you know, and you can actually convert that to top line because you can then take those savings and either buy more product, r right. and you know, staff, um, expansion. So I just feel that if you're saving, you know, 80% of your duty bill, um, that is something you can do overnight. You know, some people look at it like changing 3PLs is a big, a big, uh, you know, challenge, but we obviously try to make that seamless, but you can't go to your factories and, you know, you can't go to sourceify and say, Nathan, I right. need to me 80% off of my cost of goods. Like yeah. <laughs> it happen that way. You know, so like where in your supply chain can you make a change like so instantly mm-hmm. and have such a big, a big difference in, in revenue, uh, especially right. your gross revenue, your, right. uh, excuse me. And um, so that is, I think one of the biggest game changers that people should look at instead of trying to save a nickel on this or two cents there, you know, um, of course, product category is going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those companies saving millions of y- a year are going to be like apparel brands Got it. Um, anything apparel is going to have a huge duty. Um, you know, bags, luggage, uh, some electronics categories, uh, shoes is a big one. You know, these are these are companies that pay, you know, a huge duty. And I want to be very specific too, that uh the duties have always been around or for, right. years, for decades. The the new Trump tariffs, the punitive tariffs, um, the additional, those you know are gonna be on most categories. But there are some companies that, like I said, the apparel world, they're used to paying 36% for a type of material.
0: Right. I mean,
1: but those will ne- probably never go away. You know, right. so one thing is just go away, but the duties will always be there. Got and it. So those companies that, you know, I always use brands like Lululemon, Nike, um, because they use that like, uh, that kind of dry fit, poly right. material. Anything athleisure I mean, they're getting absolutely killed. You know, that's why right. there's a lot of popular brands moving to Mexico already totally Um, but anyone not not taking advantage of that is leaving uh and like i said some cases millions of dollars in right right if they're not doing it their competition definitely is
0: yeah makes a lot of sense yeah i'm curious i mean i don't want to get too too political here but you know you mentioned you know obviously trump's increase in tariffs over the past uh two three years when you know while he's been in office you know do you think that the tariffs that he put in place are going to stay do you think you know the biden administration will change that i mean you know what, what do you think the future of tariffs from china looks like
1: yeah there's a there's a discussion of um of uh, it's called technically it's called 301 so the additional tariffs is uh, is section 301 okay 321 is for the regular what we were discussing but there is discussion of uh, not allowing the 301 to qualify for section 321 got it um, uh that's this, there's discussion about that however uh, Biden has come out, and I just sent the article to a um, to a recent customer uh, or potential client, I should say, about Biden, you know, being quoted in the media recently saying he is in no rush to get the uh, the Chinese tariffs off the table because right now um, that's our only bargaining chip as a country. So, right, and very specifically, I'm talking about the additional punitive tariffs, the
0: 301s got Anything
1: it normal, like the, again, that 36% for clothing and 20% for shoes or 18% mm-hmm. that's going to be there. Got it. So yeah, that's, what, that's what we're
0: doing now makes sense. So a lot of people probably are a bit skeptical of, you know, maybe the security in Mexico and, and, and all of that. I mean, can you walk us through your facility? I mean, you know, is it secure? How big is it? I mean, any kind of details you can share on the, on the warehouse?
1: Yeah, we just, uh, we just took over another 90,000 square feet. So we have a total of 300,000 square feet in Mexico. It's in a business park that would resemble anything in L.A. or Irvine, you know. Um, uh, again, I live in San Diego, so I've been to many 3PLs around, around Southern California. It looks the same. You know, it's, it's obviously secured. We have uh, everything from temperature-controlled areas to um, uh, security cameras, security uh, staff, the police also patrol the area and Tecate is a tiny town and you've been to Tecate before. Yeah. It's a tiny little quiet town.
0: It's yeah. Not- I've actually visited Baja and It was amazing. We had a great experience and, and had great tacos as well. I mean, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not like Tijuana, you know, for those that
1: don't know about Mexico or, you know, haven't been uh, across the border for us in San Diego it's 20 minutes down the road, you know? And so Tijuana is a different vibe for sure. I'm not saying, you know, 3PLs and Tijuana are dangerous, but if you go to Takata, you'll see it's a small, tiny town um, that is just like a quaint little space, you know? Totally. uh, For us, we're in a huge business park. Taylor Guitars is our neighbor, um, you know, so it gives you an idea of like how safe they feel with their product down there. Uh, And, you know, we feel feel for some, you know, very large brands and we're very proud of that.
0: Yep, that's amazing. So I'm curious, you know, when someone is going through the process of transitioning to Baja fulfillment, or let's say any 3PL in general, I mean, what does that process look like? You know, they have containers coming in, maybe let's say they're uh, warehousing and working with another 3PL right now, like, how hard is it to make the transition?
1: Yeah, so obviously preparation is key, you know, our onboarding team, I think, um, you know, would rival any other company out there just because we, we want it to be a seamless, you know, uh, transition. And when you bring goods into Mexico, there's a process, you know, and so we have, uh, we have a team that helps with that onboarding process, making sure that everything is is dialed in. You know, we typically do either two different ways. Uh, the, the There's one way of we move all your inventory from your existing 3PL, and we can make that happen. Or in other words, we can do an inventory move of what you have, whether it's half it. Of it and we we let you dial yours down, and then when we have the other half, we turn it on and flip the switch. We move all of it. Um, or the third part is we move none of it, and we just take all your new inbound Mm -hmm. you know and so there's three different ways i guess that we could do this and it just depends on the customer you know so it it just really depends on where they are yeah
0: and just to clarify too if someone already has inventory in the states that is at a 3pl you know most of the time they've already paid duties on that so they're not necessarily saving on duties when they move it uh from america to mexico but if they're importing you know new containers and obviously bring it in into Baja fulfillment that's when they're they're really seeing those savings yeah we'll redirect
1: um uh, new inbound containers uh, usually when we bring a client on even if we're not going to do an inventory move of what they currently have You're got saying, it because we want the savings like right now you know okay. why 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 mess that up totally um,
0: you
1: know another question i get Another question i get is about you know fulfilled by amazon fba um we we still can do fba for you for the clients we can't save any duties on that it's going to it. be for direct to consumer through your channel mm-hmm. or filled by merchant we can do it, but not fba but we, do right. just, we still handle all the fba prep right um, and, and we house it still in mexico um but it's just one of those things that we you know we haven't figured that part out yeah amazon's not exactly letting us yeah. do that so uh yeah that's a big question we get obviously because amazon is it,
0: such a big got thing. it Got it. Yeah, I want to talk just, you know, speaking of Amazon, you know, what do you think the future of e-commerce really looks like in terms of the divide between, you know, e-commerce companies that are selling on Amazon, and that's their main channel, you know, they're uh, fulfilled by Amazon, as you mentioned, or they're, you know, going direct to their own customers via Shopify or their own, you know, e-commerce platform. I mean, what what do you see as that split? And do you see that split kind of continuing to become, uh, more separated or do you think more brands that are selling in Amazon will start, you know, selling on their own channels and, and vice versa?
1: You know, the way I see it, uh, at least the brands that I speak to, um, you know, it, it's all about uh, obviously brand recognition, but also like the experience, you know, um, the the culture, like the community, you know, and so I don't think you get that with Amazon, obviously. And so I think some companies are trying to get away from that, that I've noticed. Um, obviously you can scale pretty fast with Amazon, but, I think that at the end of the day, it's expensive to do that with, with Amazon, you know, FBA. Um, and uh, for us, because we can't save on the duties and savings, or excuse me, the duties and tariffs, those savings, mm-hmm. take that money and, and that you would have made more on volume. Now you're making more on a per transaction basis. And then you're able to you know, reinvest that, whether again it's ad spend, um, you know, acquiring you know, customer acquisition, uh, et cetera. It's just one of those those interesting things that, right? I think it's just going to depend on the company. But you totally, know, I, think, I think with COVID, you had such a like a push for e-commerce um, that we have never seen numbers before, obviously. And so I think that it, it, we'll see what happens. But there's right. going to be obviously a huge explosion. I think in the next, you know, it was already had that direction as we both know, but totally. it, it just got sped up really yep. fast
0: because of COVID. So, definitely, definitely. So I want to ask you two final questions here as we wrap up. Number one, you know, who's an ideal type of customer for Baja fulfillment? And then, you know, number two is how can people get in touch? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, obviously I think that the best thing to do is look at your, your numbers as a company and say, hey, are we paying a lot of duties and tariffs? And if you are, you're a good fit for us. You know, we happen to do really well with apparel brands, not that we want to, because that means there's a lot of SKUs. We love the fact that if a company has lower amount of SKUs, it makes our our life a little easier. Um, But we happen to be really good with apparel. And like I said, it happens to be also a really high-duty item. Um, But uh, lower SKU count would be ideal. You know, obviously good volume, direct-to-consumer. And uh, uh, one one more thing I want to add is the integration side. For integration, I know that's a big question mark for a lot of companies too. For integration, for us, we do have a custom hub that that plugs in. but uh integration wise, we obviously gotta be make sure that's a fit. And the way you get a hold of me is very simple. You know, Bobby at Baja Fulfillment um, dot com. And that's my email. And I, you know, I'm one of the, one of the two partners in the company and you're looking at the sales guy. So awesome, awesome.
0: Well, Bobby, I appreciate you coming on product sourcing stories. This was fantastic. And for every anyone that's, you know, paying a lot in duties, I seriously recommend you check out Baja Fulfillment. I mean, I've personally seen them uh Save millions of dollars for Sourceify customers when it comes to duties and tariffs and provide a great fulfillment experience. So, Bobby, thanks again for joining us on Product Sourcing Stories.
1: Thanks so much, Nathan. I appreciate it.